Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Happy New Year's. Today we'll, as Brother Toby's already said, we're going to be talking about the 12 spies. But if you will turn with me to Numbers chapter 13 and we'll read one verse and then I'll, you can be seated. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. The Bible says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we all we are well able to overcome it. Today, if you will, if you, you can be seated. Today, as we start a, this, this new lesson today, God desires to reveal his promises to us. In this next this series, we start as the year begins, and we start a new series for this month. And the, the series is Victory Through Faith. As we, and through this study, we're going to follow the Israelites as they learn to believe God's promises and ultimately conquer the promised land. These lessons focus on the the reports of the twelve spies, as we're going to talk about today, and then the crossing of the Jordan, the Battle of Jericho, and Joshua's final address to the Israelites. God declared his special promises to Israel through Moses and Joshua and has made unfailing promises to each of us here through his word. This series will help us step into the promises, promise victories through exercising our faith. So today, I'm, if my message today or what I'm going to speak about for the next 40 minutes or so, I'm going to talk about fear, subtitle, or fear or faith. When we, you know, as we start this new year, you know, it's, a, it's always a new beginning. We start with these New Year's resolutions or we start with new things. But one thing is about the new year is there's a lot of uncertainty. As we have went through, just closed out a year of, two, of the last few years, we've closed out years of true uncertainty we can look back at. And so today as we step forward from, into this new year, there's so much uncertainty. It's uncertainty of, in the political world, uncertainty in, in the financial situations of the world. We find all these uncertainties. There's also uncertainties in, in our relationship with God. So today we have to battle this fight every day, fear or faith. I want to start today with a, a personal story. They shared a story in here to share, but I just feel like I wanted to share something that that I know a little bit about my, my own personal story. It was been many as growing up in a small community, like a lot of the here people here today. During the summertime and the summer afternoons, you'd find most of us as kids growing up around a, a swimming hole. Called the, the springs. We're around springs here, and and as I was a young child, young boy growing up, I had a lot of older cousins, and and we would always on on. 
on the afternoon hours of the day, we would find ourselves at a little small spring we called Suffer Springs. It was the name of the spring. And we all used to go there. And, and, and as I was growing up, before I learned how to swim, we would go that we'd go to the springs. My older cousins and my mom and dad would they'd carry me in the water in, in the shallower parts, you know. And and I learned how to do the the motions. I knew how to the paddle and I knew how to kick. And long as I was standing, you know how it's easy. You can swim long as you know that you can just stand up. <laughs> you know, I can swim. I can swim long as I know. If I get in trouble, all I had to do was put my feet down and stand up. But I, but all my other older cousins that knew how to swim, they always they they. They would jump off the rocks, you know, jump into the deep end of the spring and, and swim across. And, you know, in the Suffer Springs, if anybody, the ones that's been around here knows the spring I'm talking about, it's a very pretty small spring. And when you jump into the, the boil or the deep end of the spring, it was not very far. You didn't have to swim very far before you could stand up. But as a young child that, that wasn't sure that he could swim in the deep end yet, found myself one day standing on the rocks standing there wanting to do like all my older cousins and all my older friends that was there. I wanted, to, I wanted to jump into spring and swim across the deep end. You know, we found, I stood there, and as I stood at the edge of them rocks and looked at that clear water, refreshing water there, and, and everybody was splashing, and some of them was jumping in from beside me, and I just wanted to jump. But that fear of, can I really swim in the deep end? Can I really swim that length of swimming across there? And so, you know, in my mind, I had that fear. If I jump in and, and I can't make it, what's going to happen? If I jump in and, and, and who's going to save me? Well, they'll be so busy doing something else. And so I was, I was standing there. I can remember this as clear as day, and it's been several years ago. But I was standing there at the edge of them rocks looking at that water and trying to build up the courage, trying to get the courage to, to jump in. Trying to get to the place of my life, you know, getting that I was looking at that and kind of really dwelling on jumping in that water. And before I even knew it, splash, I was in the water and I swam across the water and, and stood up and I had swam across the deep end. I would like to stand here today and say my trust overcame my fear. But while I was contemplating if I could make it across there, I had an older cousin that was a few years older than me named Lisa. Lisa had got out of the spring and came around behind me. And that moment, Lisa came up behind me and with two hands of courage and a shove of faith, she shoved me off that rock. And I was at that point in time, I had to swim or drown. And so she built my courage and my faith in how to swim. And from that point forward, I swam. I've been swimming for probably over 40 years. But, but that, that tell you, you know, sometimes in life we have to have that, 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 that hand of courage or that push of faith to get us into things. You know, there's a, as a, as a certain age a child growing up, and as a certain age a child would jump off any height to his mother or father. You just say jump, and Johnny or Susie would just leap in faith and that you were going to catch them. It didn't matter if it was jumping off the top of this building. They would just jump knowing that you would catch them. But, but as we get older and seasons of failure that we find in our life, we begin to question that faith 
you start start realizing, you know, I'm getting a little bigger now, and I wonder if my, if dad or mom could catch me, or if that person would really catch me. You know, here today, I'm not going to probably climb up on top of the building and, and just somebody stand there, okay, jump, I'll catch you. I'm not going to jump because I don't have the faith that they're going to catch me. But that fear, that fear is a powerful emotion. It has crippled the mighty and it has limited the capable. It is mighty enough to keep us from achieving the goals and living the best life. It feeds stagnation and it keeps us from taking advantage of opportunities. There's fear that cripples us in our life. Many people are living in a self-made prison of their own fears. Here today, there's people that live and today, and I feel like, and I'm just, you know, in the, 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 the last few years we've came through, there is people that lives in fear. They're, they're going to get sick. And I know not to be stupid about any things about you know trying not to be you know too careless but you know there's people that there's family reunions has just went away anything a lot of things has just went away because the fear there's people that has not even left their homes still today and into society because the fear and so fear has a way of of crippling our life however life lived by overcoming fear is not only something that we all deserve, but it is something that for us which God commands us to do. It means it is completely possible. Today, it doesn't matter how much you fear, and I'm not doubting that. Things of your life, fear of being sick, that is some people that has health issues. That is a, that is a, a reason to fear. But we can overcome that fear that has crippled us. Because it is possible, because God gives us the strength to overcome that. Without overcoming our fears, we can, we'll, can and will never experience some of God's greatest promises. We do not want to simply tolerate our fears. We must eliminate them. And we face some things in life, you know, that we fear. And we, if we, we, we allow fear to cripple us, we will not experience what God has for us. This, the fear of not going and doing what God feels we feel called to do. Sometimes we have a calling on our life and we feel like God wants us to step out. God wants us to witness to a certain person. The fear of rejection, the fear of inviting someone and them not showing up sometimes keeps us from doing the inviting. The dramatic story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity and crossing the Red Sea is one of the, one of the script. One of the scripture's most notable miracles. You know, when you talk about a man that was called to lead his people out. And I heard a message just this week talking about Moses. And, and because Moses tried to do things on his own. He spent 40 years in the wilderness preparing himself to do what God wanted him to do in, in the beginning. Because when he was in the palace... He was trying to deliver his people out and he wound up being a murderer because he was trying to do it his own way. So then he had to spend 40 years preparing him to lead the people out of Israel. So sometimes, you know, we have to do it like God wants us to do it. Great steps of faith are required to walk along a seabed with massive walls of water standing on each side. You know, you can just imagine, you know, it was a miracle when you saw the water part. 
But okay, it was the next miracle or the next part of faith as Brother Toby was talking about the faith is stepping out and watching this water beside you. And walking through this, it wasn't just a, just a little creek they were crossing. We're talking about a Red Sea. We're talking about something that took hours and times across. And it wasn't just a few minutes you ran across there and we got across there. You had to have faith to keep, keep going. But just after that, they had the faith to walk through this Red Sea that was parted. Mere, just mere weeks after this act of faith and experiencing God's divine intervention, Israel was posed to experience the fulfillment of the promise that century, centuries earlier was made. Here they were just mere weeks later after walking through a Red Sea, after, after seeing God part the sea, and then, you know, we know He parted the sea, but then we know that He drowned their enemies behind them. He delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. And now, here they're facing going into the promised land. And as they face going into the promised land, the word of their faith go. In Numbers 13, God commissioned them, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto, thee, give unto the children of Israel. Hundreds of years earlier, God had challenged Abraham to trust him, forsaking the comforts of his homeland and family and set out for a land that God would show him. He had watched the faith of Abraham grow over time and Abraham had witnessed the ups and downs of his life of his son Isaac and the painful feud between Isaac's sons Jacob and Esau. But this feud had had positions Jacob. I'm just giving us a little catching us up in the story. Positions Jacob to father the 12 sons who would lead the tribe of Israel. God desired the 12 spies. He desired the 12 spies from each tribe to finally witness and report and report back on the promised blessings. It had taken a long time for God to build the foundation of the nations for, for he had promised Abraham. But the time had come for God to position them to receive His promise. And the process was a hard and confusing time. You know, sometimes when we go through a process of God getting us to where He needs us to be, sometimes it becomes, there's, it's not just an easy road sometimes. Sometimes we go down some hard roads. Sometimes the roads that we don't understand why we have to go down. We face some things in life that we don't understand. Why am I going through this, God? Why do I have to go, why did I have to, Bear this cup today. But God may be preparing us for the promises He has for us. The children of, the children of promise experience many struggles along the way. You know, we just, they just come out of 400 years of Egyptian captivity. They had suffered. They had been through some things. That promise that was so many hundred years earlier, that promise was still strong. It's still true today. Today, we may not have to wait 400 years for God to, promise, to give us our promise. But we may have to go down some roads that we didn't want to go down. We may have to go through some things in life. But God's timing and plan for them was perfect. And today, His timing and plan is for us. It's perfect for us. It is in, we, he's always an on-time God. Sometimes we, we, we say, well, we're in the waiting time periods of our life and we're in our waited times of our ministry or wherever we're at in waiting, we feel like, God, why can't it happen for now? I want it now. I want this to happen now. But it's not God's timing. 
If we get out of God's will, if we get out of God's timing, either place, we're in the wrong place. Many Over many years, even in the trying times, God was preparing His people to experience the beauty of His promise. You know, so we go through things in life. I feel like things in life we go through to prepare us for tomorrow. In my life, me and my wife's life, we've been through some things in life. But it's prepared us for things we face tomorrow. What we may face this next year. We never know what this next year comes. I said earlier, we stand at the threshold of a new year. We stand at the threshold of a lot of uncertainty. And a lot of things that could be fearful. A lot of things that could, could, could hinder where God wants to do for us in this year. But we must step out. We must trust God and have faith that He'll take care of whatever we face through this year. Whatever we face in the next day or whatever we face tomorrow, we got to have that faith to go forward. Every loving parent hopes their children will experience the best in life. You know, as we, as, as I became an adult and as I, we had our, a child and, you know, and, and every parent here today can say they want everything they can do to make their child's life better. Make it easier for them. I think sometimes we went to so far with that that we've hindered their development because we want it so easy. We want to make everything so easy for them that sometimes they slide through and they don't, they don't realize or they don't, they're not grateful for how they got to here. And so sometimes I feel like that in life, we, you know, but, but every parent wants to make it better for their child. They want them to have a better life. They want them to have mature relationships. They want them to be spiritually disciplined, healthy independence, and financial security. This is just some of the top things that, you know, as parents, we want for our children. Along the way, a parent will, will share promises and blessings of the benefits to come. You know, we've, we did with our daughter, you know, said, well, you, if you would just keep, you know, I know school was hard, but if you'll keep struggling, you'll be, you'll be better for what you're doing. You know, the, the times when her math, or put her, throw her garbage in the street today, but her, she was struggled through math all through school. And as she struggled for, with her math, I say, baby, if you just keep pushing, if you'll keep learning, one day you'll be benefit from that. You'll be better from that. And today, because even though she struggled through math today, she has a college degree in accounting and, and business and so today, that, that, that pushing forward, that pushing forward, it, it, you, there's benefits from that. And so sometimes, you know, that's what we share. We share the benefits to come. But per, part of a parent's job is to prepare children to receive and to manage these, kind of, these blessings and benefits. That is our responsibility. Not just to receive them, but to manage them. Manage the blessings that become to you. A father and a mother understands the blessings and the curses that promised rewards can bring. You know, everything we, you, know, you, you, you receive sometimes is not always a blessing. Sometimes some blessings can, can become curses in our life. You know, every, every adult here, every person here, most every person here probably remembers couldn't wait till they got old enough to drive. You probably hear today if you're an adult, you say, "Well, I can't, I can't wait till I was 16 or whatever it was that age you was driving." You know, 
us, us out here in the country, the ones that grew up out here in the country, we drove before we were 16. But we was had that freedom a little earlier because we drove, you know, at younger ages. Because, but, but that, but a, a car or a or, or driving abilities or that age of 16 can provide much desired independence and mobility to a teenager. When you become that car, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of independence comes when you become old enough to drive. There's a lot of independence comes when you you can go on your own and go do things on your own. As a parent of a of a child, I, I couldn't wait till she got old. Our daughter got 16. Because that way she could go to the store and get the bread, or she could run to the store and get the milk, or she could go bring me something if I needed it. So that 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 was a time of I, I was waiting for. After she got closer to that age, as she as close as she got, and there was a lot of potential things came from that. Some great things come from that. Some some desire, some blessings. But it also that independence, that mobility, but it also presented a potential for great danger. You know, when you get that independence, you can't wait to get that independence to get out of that from under that umbrella of your parents. Because before you was able to drive, somebody had to drive you there. And so there's a lot more. It opens up your world when you can go on your own. And so there's a lot of dangers, a lot of pitfalls there in that life. And so we can take that on even into our spiritual life. We have that freedom to get out on our own. We, we have that freedom to, to, to reach out into other areas of life. But dry, our, that independence and that mobility and that, that, but that potential of great danger, one night, we was, it was Christmas Eve a few years ago, me and my wife, had to, we had to run to, we had to make a trip to Atlanta, and we got that phone call that no parent wants to get, especially when you're five hours away. That potential danger of our daughter running an errand for her mother in Lake City, someone plowed into the back of her at 60 miles an hour, as she was sitting dead still, knocked her into the vehicle in front of her. We, her parents were five hours away from her. When you got a phone call, that she hit her head on the steering wheel, she's got a knot on her head. I mean, she, she didn't go to the doctor because she was stubborn like her dad, but, but, that, that, but that, that times in life, you know, that danger, before she was old enough to drive, before she had the benefits of any, all that things in life, she, was, she always had me or her mom to drive her. But because she come into that great danger after she got on her own, and, and so you get out from under that umbrella from that freedom that comes. Also, you know, as parents, and, and as parents growing up and, you know, dating relationships, when the child gets old enough for a dating relationship, if maturely approached, can aid a teen or a young adult in wisely deciding a life partner, when it is the right time. But the, but the same can also provide great pitfalls if approached unwisely and without safe boundaries. You, have, you know, relationships. You know, as parents, we didn't never, you, you, that's a parent, especially a father of a daughter, put it this way. You never, you, you, you didn't look forward to that day. Yes, you knew that that day was going to come. But, you know, you just worry about the pitfalls that could happen. Not just the heartbroken, but the pitfalls that truly could happen. 
in life. So, you know, there's, there's, there was great things in life and great things and, and things that, that benefits you get from things in life. But there also comes with that benefits some great things that could be great pitfalls and dangers. My dad, when we was growing up, we were on Friday or Saturday night, we went to leave to go uptown or riding around like, you know, all in a small town we did. We burned two tanks of gas riding up down from the grocery store to the, to the, to the inspection station. But my dad would always ask us when we go to leave the home, the house that night, he says, where are you going? And our most not common answer was, I don't know. He says, if you don't know where you're going, you can't go nowhere. You got to stay home. Because he said, if you don't know where you're going, you won't know how to get home. And so, you know, they, he was kind of a joke, but it was, he was serious too. But, but that is, there was so much truth to that. As an adult, I, I realized what he was really saying. What he was really saying is, is, if you don't know where you're going, you don't have a plan for what's going to happen, you're opening yourself up for a lot of danger. You're opening yourself up for, for, for anything that can happen. When I got married at 19, I still had a curfew at 11 o'clock. And it had just got moved up to 11 o'clock. It, me and my wife was engaged, and I had to carry it to Old Town. I still had a home baby home at 11 o'clock. And so, but that boundary in my life, that boundary in my life, as I was talking about, that boundary protected me from things. You know, those parents, my parents said, well, they, nothing happens good after midnight. And there was so much truth to that. Just a short story, and I know I'm sorry about sharing personal stories today, but that's, that's who I know. I know me, what I got into, what I, in life. But well, there was one Friday night, I was hanging around some guys, and they was a little bit older than me, and they didn't have a curfew. So 11 o'clock, or a little before 11 o'clock, I had to, I said, well, y'all got to carry me back to my truck. I got to go home. And while I carried me back home, and sometime after they dropped me off at my truck and I went home, they got into some trouble. It was a, it was a, a prank and joke. They did something, did some things, and it doesn't matter. And, and they almost every one of them almost went to prison because they messed with something and just, just took, away, took away, they just took a telephone booth. Some kids don't know what telephone booths are, but they decided to take the telephone booth and go throw it in the river. But I was with these guys right before they did this. And so they almost all went to prison because they stole the telephone booth. So my curfew, my boundary that I had in my life saved me from going to going through this in life. Life is full of opportunities and promises. They're full of opportunities and promises. The preparation to embrace them is as important as receiving, the, receiving them. God has many promises for His children. Knowing our nature, God will do His best to strengthen our character, mature our faith, and position our lives to receive his, the best. This often takes time, as I talked about earlier. It takes testing and experience. 
We go through some things in our life because God wants to bless us with things. But He first, He's got to get us, get us to a place that He knows that we can, we, can, we can handle that situation. We can handle that blessing. Because he, if He gave us sometimes, if He gave us what He really wants to give us, and if we're not ready for it, we, don't know how to, we wouldn't know how to use it. We would misuse it. And so in, in life, sometimes God has got to, he's got to get us to that place that He knows that we can, we can handle that blessing. Here we are begging for, God, just give me a blessing. God, give me it to me now. Give it to me now. But if He was to give it to us, it may be our destruction. It may be what destroys us. We must be ready and willing to claim God's promises when He prompts us to proceed. Fear can paralyze that process, even in a godly person. Even in a person that says, well, that person, can't, they don't have no fear. But that fear can paralyze you, even, even if you're a godly person. Just ask the ten, 10 of Israel's 12 spies. We find 10 of these 12 spies that was, that was paralyzed by fear. Here they said, here, you know, they sent them all and they all saw the thing. They all came back with the great reports. Man, there's, there's grapes and there's, there's, there's all this... Div- Everything just like he said. God said it's everything there. But there's giants in that land. So they allowed the fear to overcome what they saw with their eyes. The ten unfaithful spies expressed disbelief because of their fear. Yeah, they wanted it. They wanted it. They wanted it just as bad as Joshua and Caleb. But they allowed that fear of what they saw, or they allowed the fear of where the un, un, the fear of what could happen to 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 express so much disbelief in them. That they said, "Well, we we can't do that." And so, how many times in our life have we been just like these ten spies? We've seen God work. You know, here He had just He had just opened up the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptians behind them. He had brought water from rock. He had done all these miracles for them. They had saw what he did with all the, the plagues in, in Egypt. Why did they doubt him now? Because they allowed that spirit of fear. There's a, there's a story actually in the, in the lesson today, and actually I've shared this very same story, so I've kind of debated about using it, but I feel like it's... It, it's Important to, to make the message today. When I read this lesson and I saw the story, I was like, <laughs> I've used this story a couple of times before already, but, but I'm going to use it again today. Burning, burn the boats is a familiar phrase that invokes courage. When Hernan Cortez and his men arrived in Veracruz, Mexico in 1519, they had one goal, conquer and overtake the country. The story is told that they that upon their arrival, Cortez ordered his men to burn their own ships on the beach. He did not want to lead his men into challenges ahead while they thought that they had any other option but victory. He understood human nature's tendency to when tendency to lose courage in the face of adversity. He knew that if they if they had any doubts in her mind 
they would turn back. He understood that when things got hard, human nature would want to turn back if that option was still available. It was a, it was a insane thing to do. I mean, here you are, you sailed over across this ocean in the boats that, that you had spent money for or somebody had spent money to build. Now you're burning them perfectly good boats on the beach. But when retreat is not an option, courage must overcome the fear to press forward. When you take away that option, courage will overcome the fear. doesn't matter how fearfully you are, what you're going to face. If there's nothing to go back for, you will have to go forward. Before they left on their journey the Israel, to Israel, these 12 spies were commissioned to be of good courage. They were encouraged to go forward. And I believe what they saw when they got there was encouraging to them because it was what God had promised them. But what they witnessed during the 40 days journey, it was amazing. It was what they, God said it was. And the land that they saw was everything that God had promised. They brought back a testimony of the land flowing with milk and honey. They came back toting grapes, figs, and pomegranates. However, the ten of the twelve spies returned after 40 days of spying out Canaan and they were looking for their boats. Here they were looking for their boats. Although they had witnessed the promised land and God had poised them to seize it, their hopes was drowning in the sea of fear and disbelief. They were looking for a boat or actually they were looking for the road back to Egypt. They said, we would rather go back to Egypt. We know what's there. We know we, what well, the food is there. We know we will survive there. They wanted to go back to their past, go back to where they were at, the comfort. They wanted to go back to their comfort zones in life. They were blinded by the challenges rather than motivated by the promises. And that's where we find ourselves so many times. We, get, we, we find ourselves blinded by what we the challenges in front of us rather than allowing the promises of God to motivate us. God has promised us the, our life. We prom God has promised us things in our life. So don't allow the challenges you have to go through to get there to keep you from getting what God has for you. As with courage, fear and disbelief also is contagious. In this story, these, these ten men came back and the multitude that was so excited, so encouraged that we're fit to get our promise we to get our promised land. It didn't take very long for this negative report and the fear soon to trickle through the crowd and motivate the multitude to say, hey, we can't do this. We can't go there. If they say these 10 of, 10 of the 12 can says we can't do it, we can't do it. The promise was quickly overtaken by fear. Can I tell someone today that perspective is powerful? When you get your perspective, what you think in your mind is going to happen is powerful. It influences the direction you go in. Some people have a knack of seeing problems in every possibility. I know people that everything they face, everything that they go through, they can see the negative in it. No matter how good it is, they're waiting for that other shoe to drop in their life. 
They're, to them, there's never the glass is never half full. It's always half empty. And so when you get around people that's like that, if you're not careful, they can bring you down to where they're at. It's, it's, so it's hard to, to do that. And there's a lovable fiction character of Winnie the Pooh that had a friend that had this mindset. Perhaps you've heard of Eeyore, the donkey. No matter how positive the situation was, Eeyore found something negative to say. One of his classic lines as always was, I wish I could say yes, but I can't. And this is, a, this is a, just a fictional character, but that, that is so much so true in our life. So many times in life we wish we could say yes. We, we know we trust God. Well, I've seen God heal. I've seen God do the miraculous. And I want to say yes. But the fear sometimes says, I can't say yes. In, in Israel's case, the ten spies failed to view the promised land through the lens of God's miraculous power to fulfill that promise. When they should have said yes, they could not. Throughout history, people of God have experienced some of God's greatest blessings because they refused to be blinded by the magnitude of the obstacles. They've done great things. David says yes to Goliath when everyone else said no because David was convinced of the cause. He, had, he was convinced of the cause. Noah tackled, Noah tackled a daunting task of building an ark which saved his family because he trusted God's word. The prophet Elisha prayed that his servants would see through different eyes. All the servants could see was the army surrounding the city. But Elisha could see the provision of God. Far more were fighting for them than, than was fighting against them. So that perspective I said earlier is powerful. Here Elisha could see the multitude that was fighting for them. The other, the, the other people, the, the, the servants around Elisha, all they could see was the battle fighting towards them. So we got to look at it through God's eyes. When we trust God, we're able to see through His eyes of the faith. The battle cry of the Apostle Paul sums up the necessary stance of all childs of God. In Romans 38 and 31, it says, If God be for us, who could be against us? Our task is simple to be of good courage and to say yes. Today, I ask you today, have you ever heard much anything about the other ten spies? They didn't have faith to go forward. Most of their names, if you don't look it up in the book of Numbers, you don't even know their names. You never heard of them. How many people have ever heard of Joshua and Caleb? Fearful and inactive people are rarely, rarely ever notable. Joshua and Caleb were not distracted by the obstacles. Rather, they were motivated by the promises of God. God described Caleb as having another spirit that led him to follow God fully. The Spirit prompted Caleb to declare that Israel was fully capable of taking the land of God promised. Faith will always, faith will always prompt action. And doubt will cripple. Doubt cripples and faith mobilizes. Fear paralyzes and faith marches forward into the promise of God. Obedience always is the action when we believe God is fully capable of fulfilling His promises. Forty years, a trip that should have took 11 days lasted 40 years 
40 years of wasted time, shattered dreams, and unnecessary loss. Israel's disobedience, fear, and rebellion led to the loss of the promise for those that were 20 years old and older because of fear. They didn't receive the promise. It meant lost time and opportunity for those that were under 20. How many times have God's people missed out on God's best because we are limited by our own fear of dis- and, dis- and disobedience? How many times are we left out? God's word is full of promises for those who will overcome their fears and surrender their wills to Him. God wants everyone to experience salvation. In 2 Peter 3 and 9 reminds us that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The promise of salvation is predicated on each individual stepping out in faith, overcoming fear and self-will, and finding a place of repentance. Beyond the new birth experience, God has many promises for His people, but most of all, God's promises are conditional. It requires action in response to the Word of God. When when we as His children believe His Word and we humble ourselves and show our faith and trust through obedience, we will receive His promises. God cannot lie. God promises that the devil will flee from us in James 4 and 7. Flee from us if we first submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. We are promised our basic needs will be met and to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We can receive wisdom from God if we only ask Him. Philippians 4 and 13 says we can do all things. Not some things, but all things. But not in our own strength only through Christ who strengthens us. Today as I begin to close, whatever we face in our lives, we must never forget to promise the promises and the possibilities we have in Christ, through Christ. It does not matter what obstacles life and the devil throws our way. We must strive to see through God's eyes. It doesn't matter what it looks like in our eyes. It doesn't matter what it looks like through what, what we can see. We must see it through what God sees. We must believe that God has, his, has promised and is possible through His strength. God's power coupled with, with our want to can, can usher us into the life of pursuit where we claim the amazing promises of God's Word. Do you hear that today? With God's power and our want to. Because we can't, God, can, God has promised us God has promises for every one of us here today. God has promises for this church. But if we don't have the want to, His promises will not be fulfilled. We've got to step into that. As we start this new year, we must burn our ships. And there's nothing to go back for. There's nothing that happened in 2022 that we can do anything about. There's nothing in 2022 that's going to get us, carry us forward. We've got to look forward in this, in this thing. We've got to be committed to go forward, no matter what it looks like. We've got to trust that we can't go back. We've got to go forward. We've got to allow God's power and our want to to push us to a greater walk in, in, in the promises that He has for us. Today, as, as we stand today, I reinstate that to the end today. We cannot go back. We must allow God's power and His our want to to combine, to push us into our greater walk with Him.
Today, as we as we right now, let's let's lift our hands up today and, and just worship Him for a few minutes. I feel like God is wanting to push us into this new year, and I feel like God is wanting to do great things in our lives. And if we just got to have the want to, and push forward into that, Lord, I ask you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.